Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. If you don't want to puff your chest out after that, you might not be an American. That was good, Mr. Mike. I have missed you, man. Greg, you're good. You're just good, man. That was a lot of fun. This, uh, this week has been a long week. Um, it seems like they just fit a lot in these last seven days. Um, and heavy, emotionally heavy, and our church through it all has really stepped up and have, uh, have served in our community well. Our entire community has just really shined from our school to our town to our church family. Super proud to be a part of this community this week um, and a part specifically of this church family. How many of y'all know that whenever you feel passionate about something and you're tired, those are two very, that's a bad cocktail right there, Um, the mixture of the two, whenever there's weariness and passion together, that's not always good because sometimes um, you want to take some words back quickly. Um, This morning, I am 100% uh, responsible for everything that I say. You guys are 100% responsible to hold me accountable and to give me grace, okay? Are we good? We good with that uh, relationship there? This morning, we're going to need a little bit of both, I believe. Um, But whenever I think about this nation and I think about the way that God has blessed our nation, it does make me emotional. Um, And the gratitude to live here at this time, that God has presided over the United States of America for 244 years is a blessing that we get to live under a rule like that. This weekend being Memorial Day weekend, my mind just goes to our military, those who have served, who have paid the sacrifice for our nation, for generations of people that they would never even meet so that they could have the freedoms that we're able to enjoy today. In Psalm 33, 12, it says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And we want to continue to live under the blessing of God. And so we must make commitments and action that says that we will continue to honor the Lord in all of our doings, in the way that we think, in our ideology, that there is one authority supreme above all other authority, and it is the word of God. There is one law that supersedes every other law, and it is God's law. There is a way to live life to where you live blessed, is what the Bible would say. And it's when God is the supreme authority over all things. The beautiful thing about a Christian worldview is that it's comprehensive. It's all-inclusive. There is not one thing, Abraham Kuyper said this, there is not one square inch of all of creation where the sovereign Lord does not cry out, mine. (laughs) And the same is true of the word of God. It speaks 
to everything. There is not one topic outside of the jurisdiction of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, where he reigns and he rules over all things. And when you really begin to be gripped by this theology, by a Christian and biblical worldview, it transforms not just the way that you think, but the way that you actually live. And how a man thinks, so he lives. And so we want to make sure that we are inundated, that our minds are saturated in Scripture, that we understand the authoritative role that God has over our country. This is the worldview that has given America really unprecedented success across the globe. When you look at other nations and other governments that have risen and fallen, it's America who has the foundation of the Word of God written into its cornerstone. When you look across the world, and really when you look across the history of governments, it's not a pretty history to look back on. Um, There are things that governments do that harm and hurt and limit people, especially as it comes to their expression of worship unto the Lord. And as governments increase in size and authority, it can move into this totalitarian, excessive, abusive sorts of places that we want to caution. There's this thing that we have in America is that we're so blessed, and we live in a blessed nation where we can receive so many programs and so many benefits. But how many of you know that sometimes blessing and even helping others can lead to dependence? And when you build a society of dependence, the result is control. And no longer do I have my own freedom and independence. I'm now leaning on someone else and they can control me from that position. That's a hard place to live and to be and to raise up a nation like that. Parents, let's talk real quick. Whenever you raise up kids, the goal is to get them on their own to raise them up to where they are independent, where they are mature, where they can take care of themselves. You want to move them out of the diaper stage, right? We, we wipe a lot of diapers, and you don't wipe the diaper. You wipe the bottom that's in the diaper, and then you put a, usually you put a clean one back on. We want to move them past that stage, right? We want to, to, to mature them. Hopefully, they're not continuing to lean on us. I can't imagine getting a phone call from the school. Uh, Mr. Meyer? Judah, your 11-year-old, had a poo-poo. We need you to come to the school and change him. The goal is to move him out of dependency into self-governance, where he can take care of himself. And then you become an adult. You need to move out of your parents' home and to begin to take care of yourself. It's called maturity. It's just... This isn't revelation to anybody, is it? Please. It's just how things work. And if you continue to lean on someone else, they do have authority over you. It's just how things work. The Bible would say it this way, that the slave is the, uh, the the borrower is the slave to the lender, right? It's It's just a principle. If I'm taking something from you, I am like owned by you. It's the giver that's the one that is in charge. And so as we have a mentality like this, we've got to look at a nation. What are we breeding as a nation? And can we speak from the word of God on how maybe we could mature? I don't believe that a six 
trillion dollar spend plan is the answer. What I believe is the answer, it would be, would be Proverbs 16, 32. He who governs himself well is better than he who can take a city. The goal would be self-governance, not a nation that has to continue to borrow and to spend. We become the slave to someone else, is what the Bible would say. And if we want America to be great and continue to be great, we have to be a people that can lead ourselves well. You need to get out of bed, and you need to go to work, period. Because if you don't work, you don't eat, is also what the Bible would say in 2 Thessalonians. There's just some really simple biblical principles that can make a nation sustain itself for the next 244 years. And so we want to go to the scriptures and say, Jesus, what is it that we could possibly do to make sure that our nation continues to be great under the lordship of Jesus Christ? In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, that's where it says that the rich rule the poor and that the borrower is the slave of the lender. I speak this morning as a citizen of America, but also as a pastor of citizens. And there's an emotional place here because this emotionally affects so many people. Whenever you give up responsibility, it messes with your psyche. It messes with your leadership abilities. We have 131 million households in America. That it speaks to about 335 million Americans that we have. As a pastor, I want to try to shepherd mentalities and hearts to a place where we can have self-governance, not needing someone to reign and rule over us. Not that we don't want a godly government over us. We absolutely do. But we also need to be able to rule our own hearts well and lead our homes well under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Self-government under the lordship of Jesus Christ is, has, and always will be America's best hope. Period. That is the answer. It's the answer of the lordship coming over a man, over a woman, leading their own house well, and then leading their family to the foot of the cross. This morning we read, as we sang, America the Beautiful, and the lyrics that we sang it just confirms this. It says, confirm thy soul in self-control, thy liberty in law. How many of y'all want a law of liberty, not a law of restraints? We want a law of freedom. And we're singing these songs back to the Lord saying we want self-control and we want liberty. Those two things together is an amazing mix. And then Mike gets up. And he sings, as he died to make men holy, let us live to make men free. And that's the cry of the heart of God, which has always been the anthem of America. In America, we have always honored the individual's conscience. That has never been violated. But we're flirting with a violation of human conscience. Not only is it an American principle, but it's a Quaker principle. It's a Quaker principle that we actually call the freedom of conscience. William Penn, the man who founded Pennsylvania. You know, when, when all the founders came, they set up like little places, like Massachusetts. They set up little ones, you know, like, 
I don't know, Vermont. And, and then William Penn said, I'm taking Pennsylvania, right? He just came in with a big vision. William Penn is the founder who is a Quaker. And William Penn had some pretty passionate views. He was imprisoned in the Tower of London in 1669, and he wrote this, My prison shall be my grave before I budge a jot, for I owe my conscience to no mortal man. The, the, the freedom of conscience is the freedom that God has given to every man. And when the conscience bows its knee at the throne of God, that is a man who can lead himself and lead his nation well. To violate a man's freedom of conscience as it is yielded to the Holy Spirit is not only an injustice to the man, it's an indictment upon God. And it's shaking your fist at a holy God who has given the freedom to man to lead himself well. And it's the call to, 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 to govern yourself well before the Lord. Let our graves be the actual grave that they will take us to rather than the prisons that people would want to confine us to. That's why our founders, whenever they wrote it into the Constitution, there is one freedom that is primo above all others and it's the freedom to worship. And if that would ever be violated, I'll tell you, that, that second one's coming. <laughs> the, the second amendment, right? We have the freedom to worship and if not, then we might have to bear some arms. I'll tell you, we need to be those that fight for the religious liberties of our nation. To be able to say unquestionably, without a doubt, that we have the freedom to worship Jesus and I can run a business under the lordship of Jesus Christ. I can run my business and do my dealings based upon the convictions of my own heart and the freedom of my own conscience. That how I serve the community it with conviction before the Lord. Are y'all connecting some dots? This is how we need our nation to lead, especially with our business owners who want to lead with the conviction of, the, of biblical standards and principles on how they want to execute their business dealings. It's just the freedom of conscience, and we've always allowed it to happen, and we can't stop now. Until the Act of Toleration in 1689, these were the rights that were severely uh, curtailed by, uh, by Great Britain. The only official... Uh, uh, place of worship that that was permitted at the time was the Church of England. Early friends and Quakers affirmed the religious equality of all people and claimed the liberty to worship freely. In the new Puritan colonies in, the, in North America, or how, how we see here in the, Amer in the United States of America, Quakers suffered persecution for, the, for their beliefs. In Massachusetts, even between 1659 and 1661, Quakers uh, were hanged because of their religious stance. Even as we were coming out of Great Britain in the foundation of, of North America, before they became the United States of America, we were being hanged for, for religious freedom to worship. It was about 100 years later at the foundation of America in 1776 where we said there is freedom to worship. And let me say, we do not ever back down from the unalienable rights that we have been given to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Ever. Ever. Period. This is our stance. 
the, 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 only, the only prison, and they can, they, can, they can have a puppet prison, but the only prison would be the ultimate grave because we will continue to live before the Lord, whether it is free or it's behind a jail cell, free in Christ, knowing that we've lived with the convictions of Jesus Christ upon our lives. You see, there's, there's a reason that we can have and proclaim the Lordship of Jesus Christ with so much boldness and confidence. Even though there's this, there's this secular, slippery slope that's seductive and wooing our hearts away from transcendent truths. That was a mouthful. And I think I said it right. But there are tr- transcendent truths that are higher than anybody's opinion. We appreciate your opinion, but it's probably not the absolute truth that are transcendent over all other opinions, and that is the heart of God. And so we can't just say, you know what, well, my buddy who, who has this, this lifestyle of sin, but he's a nice guy, so we kind of accept him. Hey, appreciate that he's nice, but just because somebody's nice doesn't say that we accept everybody's sin. Does that make, make sense? I can be nice to you, but I don't have to have my opinion supersede the law of God. If he says it's wrong, it is wrong. We love you. We want to point you in the right direction, and we want to try to lead ourselves really well. But I'll tell you this, is we've got to have something that rules over us and not just our own opinions. And the opinion of somebody is going to win many times whenever they get into places of leadership and governing authorities. That's why a church has to be prepared raising people up to take places of authority where we can legislate the word of God. We need teachers in education that are going to teach history, teach math, not teach opinion, and not teach your personal preference or not teach your own identities or sexual perversions and, and treat them as normal. I'll tell you, normalcy is going to trump transcendent truths because it's all normal. And, I've, and I've, I've, I've lost the conviction of the word of God, but everything has just become so normal and acceptable that everybody's opinion is you have your opinion, I have my opinion, what's true for you is what's true for you. No, there's transcendent truth, people, that every man and every leader has to kneel before. And every other authority is responsible to the lordship of Jesus Christ. A man without conviction is a man who will lose. You just will. You just lose. The winning mentality is to be convicted. And that scripture will be my spine. It'll be the courage in my soul. It'll be the iron in my spirit. It'll be the thing that sustains us above all other things because opinions come and go and they ebb and they flow, but scripture will stand. There's only two things going into eternity that are ever going to make it. People and the word of God. The word of God will last for all of eternity. And if you're banking on something else or we don't want to offend somebody else's opinion, then you're on, you're, you're on sinking sand. We're going to stand on the rock of our salvation, the strongest foothold that we ever possibly could have in the United States of America. It is the word of God. And thank God for the constitution, but there is a higher constitution that we even appeal to. Even though the the founders wrote 55 scriptures into the constitution that came from this, this still supersedes it, right? There is one thing that we're going to go to seed on, and it is the word of God. It's the thing that will sustain us for all generations. Thanks. 
but we're going to do this thing. And the church has to be ready and mobilized because when you get squeezed at work and there's a government overreach and they want to tell you what conversations you can have with your kids, and they want to tell you what education should look like, they want to tell you what the church should do and what the church can't do, realize that the church, we are free from the state. They do not tell us what to do. Nor do they tell your home what to do. There's been an, a, an abuse of an overreach to where you say it's self-governance is the ideal of God. I'm going to lead myself and I'm going to lead my home. We're going to lead our church. We're going to lead it well because we have a conviction. In an often quoted Memorial Day speech given in 1884 by Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., he ended with these words, Our dead brothers still live for us and they bid us think of life not death, of life to which in their youth they lent the passion and joy of the spring. As I listen, the great course of life and joy begins again. And amid the awful orchestra of seen and unseen powers and destinies of good and evil, our trumpets sound once more a note of daring, hope, and will. You see, the American soldiers, they gave their lives for this ideal of America, that citizens could enjoy life and liberty in the pursuit of happiness, but not telling us how to live our life or to pursue that sort of happiness unless it's outside of the jurisdiction of the authority of God. I believe that Holmes' proposition here is for us to think about life, not just to think about death, but to think about the fallen soldier who would sustain life and the best life is a life kneeling at the throne of Jesus Christ. There is an appeal that these men and women were willing to die for us to have the best life, and it's not just so that we can get a raise, that we can get a cool pension plan and a better 401k and hang out on our boat. There's a better life, and it's a life that is willing to fight the same way that they did. Will there be a hill that you're willing to die on? In the same way that these men and women were willing to lay their lives to die down for the, for the convictions that they had, will we, in the same way, lay our lives down and say, Jesus, ruin me, ruin my life, that I, would, that I would stand and die for something that truly matters? You see, we have this beautiful thing in America where we have so much freedom. Maybe there's an abuse of freedom where we've kicked off the boundaries there are no boundaries. I'm completely free, right? I do whatever I want to do because I'm an American. And the beauty that's been given us to, to us in freedom, we've taken and we've abused in our freedoms. John Orberg in Soul Keeping, he says, the ability to have anything you want actually costs you the freedom that you have. It'll lock you up. Right now, we've got a generation that is more interested in themselves. They're more interested in selfies than sacrifice. We're more kind of concerned about our sin than we are in, in the sanctity of the scriptures. And when we focus in on ourselves and our personal preference, rather than appealing to the ideals that God has for our land, I'll tell you, we are finished. And we got to come back to this place where we say, God, we want America to be great because our hearts are good. And we'll only be great if our hearts are good before you, Lord. 
And so we want to remember those that lay their lives down for something that matters in the same way. We want to lay our lives down, our reputation, our comforts and safeties to fight for a worthy cause that Jesus would, would reign true over our nation. Thomas Jefferson said this, when tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. It is our role to push back and to say, I can lead me. I'll, I'll continue to lead me underneath the lordship of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 28.2 says, when there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. But we need wise and knowledgeable leaders to bring stability. I mean, we're talking, this was written 4,000 years ago, and as if they were prophets over America. <laughs> they said, we need some good leadership so that we will sustain what has happened here. When we kick off healthy boundaries, no longer am I just a man, I want to be a woman. There's no boundary for that. I'm a woman, but I want to be a man. I don't have any boundaries. There's no limitations. I'll be whatever I want to be. And God says, no, there are boundaries that I've put on you. There's some limits here. And you need to enjoy the boundaries that I've set for you. There's boundaries in marriage. It's one man and it's one woman. We've put some boundaries there and it brings blessing to you. Check this out. In Psalm chapter 16, verse 6, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And when you step outside of the boundaries of the blessings of God, you no longer can enjoy the blessings that live inside those pleasant boundaries. You're now outside of them. And we just want to call you back. Come on, baby. Let's get back here. Let's let Jesus reign and rule over you because it's where you live blessed. You don't live with all of the other hang-ups. Come on, let's, let's get in here and live free where you can enjoy this beautiful inheritance of the Lord. To live outside the boundaries of these pleasant places of God is to miss the beauty of the inheritance he wants to give you. I'll tell you this, the Bible's right, and you want to partner on the right side, and it is scripture. And blessed is the nation that belongs to the Lord. People, I'm asking for all of us, for our conscience, for our mentalities, to kneel before the throne this morning. That we want to just take our hearts before the Lord and say, God, maybe I've made some sin normal, and I've excused it. God forbid that we would ever celebrate it. Yay! We're doing what God calls wrong. We don't ever want to celebrate our freedoms that walk outside of the boundaries of God. That we would repent and say, Jesus, we want you to shine your face upon this church, upon this community, upon this nation. And you know what? I'm willing with the mindset of Memorial Day to lay my life down to fight with conviction for something that will matter and that will stand for all of eternity. We're going to close this morning, and as we do, I want us to think about this. What are the areas where maybe I need to grow and mature to where I'm not dependent on any other thing other than the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Where, where, where do I need to grow? Where do I need to dive in maybe a little bit more into my family to lead them well, where wise and knowledgeable leadership brings stability to that place? Where are some areas where I need to just, maybe it's, 
It's repent, it's take action, it's gain influence in my community so that we can see the word of God. Like, like Mike was saying, his truth continues to march on. And not to get tripped up, but it marches with boldness and with confidence. Happy Memorial Day, church family. Would you all stand with me as we close? Let's pray for God's blessing over our nation. Jesus, we just ask you, Lord, that you would not turn from America, but God, that you would continue to shine your face upon our land. Jesus, we ask you to forgive us of our sin. Jesus, we ask you to forgive us where we have not lived inside of those beautiful and sacred boundaries that you have placed upon us. Jesus, we ask you to forgive us where we have sin in our heart, and yet we celebrate the sin. Jesus, I pray that we would be a nation that turns to you. Lord, I pray that your, uh, that, 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 that your truth would be in our educational systems. Lord, we pray that your truth would lead our government systems. Lord, we pray that your truth would lead in our economics. Lord, we pray that your truth would lead in our homes today. Father, we pray that, that, the, that the word of Jesus Christ would reign and rule over our nation once again. And Father, we just pray that we'd be those that'd be willing to lay our lives down for something that truly matters by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray, God, that you would continue to bless America. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.